Bueller. Are you better off than you were four years ago? I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Shall we play Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Come back with me to the 1980s and the roller coaster ride that was my high school experience. I lived a John Hughes life, and some of the celebrity vocal talent I've assembled to take you on this journey helped to give us all that 80s good time vibe. This all happened. The names have been changed to protect the not so innocent. Popularity. What is it made of? How does a person get to be popular with lots of people and have a few close friends, too? Let's watch and see what makes people like one person and not another. I was a faggot. It was the word I was called most. I was labeled gifted in first grade and and spent two years with nine other little geniuses in this single classroom with one teacher for second and third grade. I loved movies and Godzilla. I drew cartoons. I wrote stories. I hated sports, I liked girls, but man, that word just stuck to me. I am well aware that faggot is not acceptable today. Faggot was a carpet bomb term to cover everything in hurting someone. It meant that they saw me as different, immature, effeminate. I am not excusing what they called me. I'm just saying that for me, in hindsight, I think there were layers to this word weaponized by stupid kids. Then again, Maybe I'm just overthinking things. Jaws was the movie that made me want to make movies. I was eight years old when my mom took me to see it, and after we left in the parking lot, I told my mom, I want to make movies. And my mom just kind of treated it as, sure, kid, if that's what you want to do. My mom, Bonnie, was 18 when she had me, married just under a year. My brother, Scott, came along three years later. She worked multiple jobs in local blouse mills and grocery stores, abandoning her plans to become a nurse. She was only 28 when I was in fourth grade, and she was doing the best that she could. She stepped in as a father as well, taking me to a father and son bike rodeo for Cub Scouts. I I can still see Bonnie smoking beneath that father-son banner among all those other dads, watching me run this obstacle course on a third-hand bike she bought at some yard sale while the other kids rode far newer and nicer bikes. Hey, where's your dad, faggot? After my parents divorced, it was me, my mom, my kid brother, Scott, and for almost two years, we lived with this asshole. That asshole was Sam, a boyfriend of my mother's. He was her boss at one of her jobs, if, if I remember right. This was my mom's lost era. She wasn't even 30, with two kids divorced and no college. Sam was at best a good deal, and at worst, a good time. They drank a lot and partied hard. Sam was a disabled Navy vet from a heart attack and didn't work. So when he was home with us and my mom was working, he didn't hesitate to beat the shit out of us when he felt it was necessary. When I was eight, he punched me in the face for reaching for the salt at the dinner table and for not asking. He hit me so hard he knocked me out of the chair and also a tooth loose. When my brother threatened to tell our mother when she got home, Sam threw him out of his chair and dragged him up the stairs to his room by his hair. Great guy, huh? Anyway, back to teenage me. Scott and I prayed for Sam to die, and then his heart obliged. 
I remember my mom turning to my brother and I at Sam's funeral as we stood up at his coffin. She asked, You guys okay? I'm fine. We really were fine. We were sad for our mom. I mean, we were young, but we knew good riddance and we both said it while staring at him in his coffin. Sam got the distinction of being the first dead body I ever saw, and my reaction was relief. Let me tell you something. My mom's Cosmopolitan magazines were the best sources for tits and ass and underwear, that kind of stuff. It was great. One time, she came barreling into my bedroom with one of her magazines I had recently gone through with a pair of scissors, taking out every underwear out in it, and she yelled, Stop ruining my goddamn Cosmo. See? I like girls. The JCPenney and Sears catalogs were, were good in a pinch. However, it was Fangoria magazine that I read for the articles. I read about low-budget indie horror directors, how they ran a set, their methods, their advice, because Fangoria was about it when it came to inside filmmaking information. Now, Sam's death shook some things up, including my mother, and she knew she had to get her shit together. Enter my stepdad, Brian. Let father and mother guide the conversational trend if they desire. After all, they made all this possible and may want to talk over their day with each other. My mom married Brian a year after Sam died. Brian was 19, Bonnie was 29. They worked together at a warehouse and according to my mom, Brian pursued her to get married. These boys greet their dad as though they are genuinely glad to see him. As though they had really missed being away from him during the day and are anxious to talk to him. Brian insisted we move out of our dead-end town with a mediocre school district. For being 19, he stepped up like a father and wanted us to move to Westwood and go through the Westwood school district. Okay, so now a quick word from the adult me here on Westwood Middle School. I call it the last great education experiment of the 70s. It was round, no windows, and the outside was covered in this metal siding that oxidized to a rust color, giving the building the nickname, the Tin Can. It had no walls inside. They called it the open classroom concept. You could be in sixth grade, and all that separated you from seventh grade were bookcases, coat racks on wheels, and infamous tote tray holders that substituted for lockers. They were these like big closets on wheels that had these plastic trays on these like particle board platforms. And there were like 30 of them in each one of these containers, like these closets on wheels. And you put all your books and stuff in there. The problem is those wooden platforms were held up by dowel rods that broke all the time. So if you had your stuff in a tote tray at the top of the cabinet and the dowels broke in the back, your tote tray would fall at an angle and it would slip and all your shit in your tote tray used to fall all the way down to the poor bastard who had the tote tray on the bottom. There was no cafeteria. We ate in our learning areas and the food was brought out in serving stations in the giant hallway. Look, I'm giving you all these details because the middle school set up a major problem for heading to high school. They divided the school into lake and mountain houses. So there was this big round center to the building, and then it had two half spheres on either end. 
On the right was Mountain House. On the left was Lake House. And they contained identical grades. So you had two sets of fifth grade, two sets of sixth grade, two sets of seventh grade, two sets of eighth grade. One side was Lake House and the other side was Mountain House. I can't emphasize this enough because it fostered this competition between the grades with, with each side claiming to be superior. Lake House was better than Mountain. Mountain was better than Lake. If you were in Lake House, you were smarter than the Mountain House kids. And this thing went on and it was actually encouraged by both the administration and the teachers. They all kind of fed into this. It divided us as a class. And when you arrived at the high school in ninth grade, you were now this divided class all thrown back together and literally strangers to each other. We moved to Westwood the summer of 1978. I had a new house, a new stepdad, and he was only nine years older than me. Do you remember health class? You know, the, the gym teachers earn their degrees by teaching you about sex, drugs, and more sex. I still remember the one film strip show we had on gonorrhea. Remember film strips? They used to thread those stupid films into that projector and they'd play a tape or sometimes they used these record players and it would make a beep and the beep was to have you advance the slide. And when we had the newfangled uh, cassette players, the beep automatically advanced the slide. I still remember the one film strip show on gonorrhea where the bacteria were these little soldiers fighting to invade our bodies against the immune system defense. The lead gonorrhea soldier was this George S. Patton kind of thing, like, yeah, come on guys, let's do it, that kind of thing. That stupid film strip projector would then beep and then advance to the next stupid slide. The drugs are bad part of health class was where these teachers went nuts. They almost all reeked of cigarette smoke, and one was most likely half in the bag during the day, but they were there to lecture us on the evils of drugs. Your music promotes drug use. Pot is a gateway drug. Heroin, cocaine. I remember that gym health teacher holding up a Doobie Brothers album with this burning joint, and that was the chariot to take our middle school asses straight to hell. So middle school me goes home and one morning going out to our shed by the garden, I saw what I thought were pot plants, about 12 of them. Little spiky leaf things that looked a lot like the pictures in health class were drawn on the bathroom stall door next to the cocks and balls. You're growing pot in our garden? Are we good parents? Involved in your life and school, Keep you fed, clean, and safe. Do you feel loved? Yes. We don't really drink, unlike many of your friends' parents. Every once in a while, we smoke a joint. Gary next door is a cop. What if I told him? Would that make you stop? And on that note, she got up from the table, walked to a cabinet, and pulled out a small lunch bag of weed and said, Would you take this to him? My parents were growing pot on the eve of the Reagan 80s. It grew out in the open in our backyard. The plants were climbing to well over eight feet in height. You could see them from the road. Many families throughout the country observe the custom of saying grace at mealtime. It is always treated with reverence and respect. My parents were like that American Gothic painting, out there weeding the plants, tending them, fertilizing them. And the kids in our neighborhood, they knew. So that meant other parents knew for sure. 
Eventually, I grew used to it, and, and the plans disappeared from view after Reagan got elected in 1980. My mother explained that the country swung right, whatever that meant, to, you know, an eighth grader. And it wasn't a good idea to be so relaxed about it. The cop next door still bought a bag here and there, though. Hey, Jerry, there's that new girl in our math class. Oh, yes. Her name's Carolyn Ames. She's a swell kid. Why? You know her? Not very well. I wish I did. I don't know what it is, but there's something about her you like. All right, let me cut in here to clarify a few things. I wanted to do a live-action remake of the 1967 stop-motion animated film Mad Monster Party. We had a TV studio in the basement of our middle school built directly beneath our gym. Three black-and-white TV cameras were hooked up to a reel-to-reel video recorder. Somehow, I was going to gather up a bunch of my friends and remake a kid's classic movie. And to do it, I needed star power. I'll let my teen self explain. I wanted one of the most popular girls in our class in my movie. She was Tony, like Cher, or soon to be Madonna. And she didn't hang with the popular kids. I heard she lost her virginity in the sixth grade. I thought I was gonna strike it rich by writing Jaws 3 in sixth grade. Now, knowing what Hollywood would give us in 1983, I'm gonna say mine was probably even better. Now, two years later, I wanted Tony for my first movie. Tony was our school's star. Beautiful, cheerleader, smart, and cool. She would make my movie legit. I wrote Jaws 3, made her a character, and we became friends. I don't die, do I? It's better if the adult me explains the comic strip I drew back then. What are you drawing? I loved Benny Hill. Mostly because his British late-night comedy show was the TV version of Cosmo Magazine, a place where I could see girls in underwear and even a few boob shots. Benny had these slapstick films, people running in fast motion, silly voices and sound effects, and often funny as hell to the point I swear I almost pissed my pants laughing. He had a character called Wonder Gran, an old lady superheroine. I thought I would ape it and came up with Spedwoman. Another elderly superheroine who rode a skateboard and changed in a porta potty. The problem was the name. SPED was short for special education. And in our school, if you were deemed stupid, you were a SPED. It wasn't funny, and looking back now, it was just in bad taste. But we were 12. Still drawing SPED woman, huh? When are we going to do something about that hair? You need a new look. Can you meet me at the mall Saturday? I met Tony at our mall hair salon, which we called Holiday Hair Hackers. I got a parted down the middle, feathered on the side style that Tony supervised. I bought a lime green comb, the exact copy of her purple one, to keep the feathered look to my hair intact. She didn't do my movie, but Tony believed in me. She gave me a makeover, which I paid for myself. I was mowing lawns and doing yard work to save for car insurance because I got this shit nightly at the dinner table. You better be saving every dime. If you think we're paying for your car insurance in three years, you've got another thing coming. I was 13 at that time. For God's sake, I had three years until I was driving, but that didn't stop the old lady from clubbing me like a baby seal with getting a job. Oh, hello, Wally. I... I was wondering if you'd like to go to the Strand to see a movie Saturday night. And then go over to Teen Town, maybe. 
Or if you'd rather go with the gang on a skating party and weenie roast. If you have kids, you have to ask if you would let them do today what you did back then. You get the girl if you're confident and make her laugh. Well, Nancy, I ran can kiss my ass. Oh my god, you sound just like President Reagan. Hey, middle school ended on a high note. I had my first feature film, a hot girlfriend, the joys of hormones, and the whole world ahead of me. Reality in the wake of my breakup with Maria was the high school. It now loomed on the horizon, haunting me that whole summer of 1981. I did not want to leave the cocoon and safety of the middle school. I was somebody there. I was the kid filmmaker, and now I was about to become just another number in the fall. I made up my mind that high school was absolutely 100% going to suck. Home, parents, and personality all help boys and girls to be popular. 